0: Um, This isn't a a polished sermon that's very finished, so I'm going to have to ask you to work uh, with me as we go through. And uh, perhaps we'll discover a few things together um, from that passage. It's been Mother's Day today, hasn't it? And we've all been thinking nice thoughts about our mums. But have any of you ever heard your mother or your dad say, for goodness sake, grow up? Have you heard that? No. No. Okay, um, perhaps you haven't, but that's the, um, that's the title of uh, the sermon that I was given. Um, grow up and be useful. I think actually growing up, um, can, uh, for goodness sake, grow up can be said in different ways. But I don't know what you felt, Jack, about doing the beginning of that reading. You almost felt as if you're being told off, don't you? And sort of saying, you're you're such slow learners. You're supposed to be onto the deep stuff already. And here you are, we're having to go back to the beginning every jolly time. And, And you should be teaching this to other people, not having to learn it all over again. So why aren't you pressing on to maturity? Why aren't you taking this stuff seriously? It seems like we're getting told off. I often call myself a bit of a slow learner and there the writer to the Hebrews is saying, "You yeah, a whole lot of you are a, a, a slow learners here. And as I was thinking about that, uh, this book um, came to mind, um, it's called The Rules and it was given to me by my cycling friend And it's subtitled, The Way of the Cycling Disciple. And it looks a bit like a Bible, doesn't it? And it's written in terms of number of rules uh, all all through. And rule number five always sticks in my mind. Rule number five actually contains an an expletive that I'm not going to use here, obviously. But what rule number five says is toughen up harden up. And in a sense, with all the good uh, goodness behind it, that's what the writer of the Hebrews is saying in the beginning of that passage, isn't he saying, come on, toughen up. Because the Christian life isn't for wimps, is it? And it is hard sometimes. And we need to learn. If Cycling disciples can learn those rules. As Christian disciples, we need to learn those rules as well. But I think there's more to it than just being told to toughen up and more than being told in that tone of voice to grow up. So can we turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 6? And I want to just... Read a little passage, part of it again, from verse 7. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receive blessing from God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless, is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burnt. So he's sort of saying to us, We're like land. And if we drink in the rain that often falls on us and then produce a crop that will be useful, we will be blessed by God. We're like that land. But if we don't drink in the rain and it just produces a load of thistles, we're going to be cursed by God. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we're confident of better things in your case. Yeah, we are. Things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have showed his people and continue to show them. We want all of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So a few things stood out uh, for me uh, in reading that passage. Can you see in the small print here, I've I've called this sermon in a sense, Joining the Dots, because for me, as I read that little passage, there were several things that leapt out to me that had also leapt out to me in other parts of of the Bible that I've been reading recently. And I want to just ask your help to join the dots today. So some of the things, keep that passage open. Some of the things that really struck me were about rain. What, what's that about? Yeah, it talks about land that drinks in the rain to produce a crop. Okay, that's one thing. Um, about working... And serving others through loving others in that passage. And the third thing was learning from other people's example. (coughs) Learning particularly, look at the end of that section. Um, We don't want you to become lazy. Toughen up. We don't want you to become lazy. But we want you to learn through faith and patience, inherit what's being promised. But learn from others' example. Okay, now those things echoed in my mind another passage in James. And that led me on to Job and that led me on to Deuteronomy. And that's where I want to take you with me. So hold on to your horses, hold on to your Bibles, and let's just do that. The first passage that it reminded me of was James chapter 5 and verse 7. Turn to that, it's only a few pages later. I was reminded of that because of the reference to rain and land drinking in rain. Okay, and it says there in James 5, verse 7, But brothers, so brothers, be patient. Be patient. See how the farmer waits with patience for the early and the latter rains and has long patience for them until he receives in time those rains. And then... You might end up producing uh, something of growth and something of goodness. Have you seen that advert recently? Look out for it. You'll see it if you look around. It's a guy guy who produces Riverford vegetable boxes. Um, He's done a great job in growing up. But what about this rain? It seems to me that, that rain often represents the work of the spirit. in our lives. And so what that uh, brought home to me is how how much we are really waiting on the Lord to receive his spirit, for him, the spirit of God, to work out what he wants in our lives that often look more like this, don't they? But are we... Being patient and waiting on Him, God our Father, to send His Spirit to produce the fruit and the crops in our lives. So, as I turned to James and, and remembered that verse, just have a quick look with me at what accompanies it. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. And that really struck a chord with me about the situation here that we face as a church together and how easy it is to fall into the trap of just grumbling against each other and judging each other because we don't quite agree on some things or we think that those people over there have got it wrong. And, you know, we've got such a better understanding over here and we judge and we grumble about them. But be patient instead and ask for that drenching of the Spirit in the morning and the evening rains to fall upon us. And just notice also that James talks about persevering. And he says, you've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about with Job. You've seen that. When was the last time you read the book of Job? Rachel's um, here. This is Rachel Wolfson here. I know she's a big Bible student. When was the last time you read Job, would you say, Rachel? About two months ago. About two months ago. Oh, (laughs) top of the class. (laughs) Top of the class. I don't think I'd read Job for about five years, actually. I wonder whether some of us had never read the book of Job. I I wouldn't, I bet on it that probably there's a few sitting here thinking, I hope he doesn't pick on me. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I read Job. And that's part of the, "Mm, come on, come on folks, grow up. Toughen up a bit, do a bit of study. Because if the book of Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, we've got to learn from other people's examples, and Jim comes along and says, yeah, let's look at how Job uh, showed us what patience and perseverance is all about, then perhaps those two people in the New Testament are saying, isn't it about time you invested a bit in reading Job? What, What can you learn from him? Now, Rachel's read it two months uh, in the last couple of months. I'm feeling a bit nervous now. But I have read Job again recently. And I just wanted to share with you a few things that I think I learnt from Job this time. First, Job was... Do you know the story of Job? Yeah? Everyone know the story of Job? Okay. So he was described as the greatest man on earth. So that's quite an interesting person to learn from then isn't it and it's so i looked at how his greatness was described he was a chief among uh, among the kings he was a king of kings if you like but his chiefness was to do that he brought comfort to other people he was upright and blameless and he feared god and he shunned evil but he did more than that. He took responsibility for others. He loved his kids so much that when they had a party, he used to go and make offerings just in case they had sins during the time of their party. He, he, he went out of his way to show love and work for other people. That's a good thing to lo- learn from Job, isn't it? I learned this time about trouble. One of my favourite verses in Job is man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Sparks do fly upward and we're born to trouble. We often expect it to be smooth going all the time, don't we? And what it made me think about this time, I noticed that verse, what is man that you make so much of him that you examine him every morning and you test him every evening? Sometimes I wake up and think about what's ahead of me at work and I think, Phew, I can do without this. But perhaps we should consider that God is testing us, not in a bad way, but he's testing us to see whether our reliance on him is real. I thought that was a lesson worth learning from Job as well. I love Job's confidence in Christ. What was he going through? It was terrible. And he really lets rip sometimes about the unfairness of what's going on. But as you go through the book, you find descriptions of someone who is going to come, a daysman or an arbitrator between God and us, a witness, an advocate, a redeemer, someone who hears me. And Job is so confident that will happen. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that I will see him in my flesh. I will see him. And he says, how my heart yearns within me after him. And I felt that was something worth learning from Job as well. Do you remember that Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, come on, let's learn from the good examples of patience and perseverance. I suggest we probably won't get a better example any, ever than Job. His confidence in Christ. I'll see him in my flesh. And you know something? I hope this isn't going to be a game spoiler for any of you, but we will see him. We will see him. There's some good advice i picked out in, in the book of Job. I picked out a few things that really struck me. And one of them was submit to God and be at peace with him. Anna contacted me during the week and said she was preparing the songs. And she said... Um, The the sense that I'm getting of something important for the service is the notion of surrender. And I've just been looking at that in Job and thinking, yeah, we need to surrender more to God. So I said, great, Anna, that sounds spot on to me. And that was a real encouragement uh, a couple of days ago. So thank you for that. Um, That's something we need to learn from Job as well. That sense of submission to God and accepting instruction from his mouth. Do we do that? Do we just read these passages? Quite a tricky read. Do we read them and then just, it's like water off a duck's back? Or do we really learn to submit to what it says? It's not easy sometimes. And then as I was reading, Job, just listen out for the poetry. There's some beautiful stuff in there. You know, we waste so much time in rubbish on telly. I was thinking the other day, this confession here, confession time, uh, our future daughter-in-law uh, recommended a, a French crime thriller to Christian, I mean, we got really hooked. And um, I worked out that this year we've watched 40 hours of this French crime drama. How much do we invest in learning and loving God's Word? And there's such beauty in there as well. How faint is the whisper we hear of God? Who can then understand the thunder of his power? Just meditating on that was a great uh, encouragement. Then I I was struck by this chapter. This is Job almost defending himself. But just read it through. He said, I've rescued the poor. I was eyes to the blind. I was feet to the lame. I was father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. That's Job talking about himself. But what does that remind you of? Anything we've heard recently? Refugees. refugees. It does remind us of refugees, yeah. And, and our responsibility towards the people in our communities. Yeah, very much so. Does it remind you of any other passage of Scripture? Any other texts? Who else has said something similar? To, uh, and Jesus when he read from Isaiah. Yeah, absolutely. We had that recently. Do, do you remember? It was in a sermon. Was it by Nigel? I think so. When he talked about that really exciting bit where at the beginning of Luke, where Jesus stands up in the, in the synagogue and reads from Isaiah chapter 61 and he says, um, the, the, the the poor, uh, re- and the, the blind receive their sight and, uh, and so on and then said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I thought, wow, Job was saying that. And then Isaiah said it, and then Jesus said it. And it just, if we're learning from this, remember from Hebrews, it says, grow up, mature, and be useful. This is the way, this is what we've got to learn. And it isn't all just spiritual stuff, it is stuff of going out into our communities and working for those people who are poor and in in desperate situations. Uh, And then, do you know, sometimes you have real doubts. Can can all this be true When, when you look at stuff going on in the world? I think we learn from Job that absolute bedrock of faith and certainty. It's unthinkable that God would do wrong. Can he who hates justice govern that God is a God who is just? And then uh, learning about the character of God in the book of Job. He is the one who gives us songs in the night when we're going through tough times, when things are not easy for us, when we would rather be anywhere else than where where we've been placed by him He's the one who gives us songs to, to see us through those dark times. He is the man who is just. And then that verse really spoke to me recently. He woos you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction to the comfort of your table laden with food. I'll tell you why that verse really struck me just to sort of show you that this is real rather than preparing a sermon. Uh, on Monday of this week, we'd had a really, really rough time with our neighbors and very distressing situation, really distressed. And I was so churned up about it that I said, I can only really carry on if I come back and and, and pray this through. And I, and I got out the, the Book of Job because I, I was reading the Book of Job at the time. And there's this verse he woos you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction to the comfort of your table laden with food and Monday was Christian's birthday and we ha- and I came back at the end of the day to a choice table laden with food and I thought okay that's a silly example but God does bless us when we put our trust in him in ways that we can't imagine. He woos us out of the jaws of distress. So we've got to listen and learn. I don't know whether you remember the structure of Job. It's a really interesting, it's like a sort of uh, drama. It's like taking part in a play and a debate and they all come on and they say their bits. Try reading it a great stretch, get a gallop up to it. You know, read it through uh, in a long sitting and you'll get something of that. But then God speaks right at the end, and he speaks out of the storm. Have you found that? Have you found that, that God speaks out of the storm? I I, I know that we have. I know that we have. And sometimes you feel, I wouldn't have chosen to go through that storm, but boy, now that I have come through and, and learned more of God in it, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. And interestingly, out of the storm, God actually says to uh, Job twice, he says, brace yourself like a man. He says that to him twice. And that reminded me of, grow up. Good lessons to learn. And then the conclusion, I know that you can do all things. That's a good, confident thing to learn from Job. No plan of yours can be thwarted. My ears had heard about you. And I think often at church we're like that. We, we hear it. We know we've, we've heard those texts before. But we haven't allowed that drenching of the spirit to make those texts real to us. And Job says, my ear had heard about you, but now my eye has seen you. And therefore, I repent, he says. And if you think that's negative, it just means I'm I'm rethinking all of this. I'm thinking it through again, because my eyes have seen you. So getting some of the joining of the dots between Hebrews, grow up, let's learn from other people's example, let's be patient, let's allow that rain to come into our parched land and actually make a difference. Book of James, saying the same thing. James saying, you know what, one of the best people to learn from is Job. Gone through and learned a few lessons from Job. I thought that was amazing enough, I was feeling really encouraged by this stage. And then it so happened that my next bit of reading, I was going back from Job to Deuteronomy, finishing off, because I'm reading the Bible in a year this year, and uh, I got to Deuteronomy and got through to chapter 11. So last bit of homework, work with me, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Okay, a bit of comedy value to keep you awake. (laughs) Fall between the chairs, yep, that's good. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Start reading it through with me in, in your heads. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements. Do you remember in that Hebrew section it talked about love and work? And then I want to pick it up at verse 13. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season. Wow, I thought. (laughs) That links again, again, you know, the work and serve, and the rain in season. If you do this, I will give you that blessing, that drenching in the spirit that will allow dry text to become real life. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains. The last bit of this sort of joining the Dutch Jigsaw Puzzle, last Sunday uh, evening, I was taking part in a concert in Symphony Hall. One day a year, they, they allow anybody to go along and rehearse for the day uh, with the symphony orchestra, and then you sing in a concert in the evening. So anybody can go, and it's a an fantastic experience. The choir was 850. And we were singing um, a, a Requiem by Brahms, and one of the most beautiful bits was James uh, 5.7 all in German. Um, I wanted to quote it in German because it's so beautiful in German. And Christiane's shaking her head, so I won't. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. But um, uh, just this one bit. Um, be patient. In our, it says, be patient unto the coming of the Lord. In German, it is... Um, Bis auf die Zukunft des Herrn, which just means until the future of God, the future of the Lord. It's not his arrival, it's not just his coming, it's just his future. I thought that was that was a lovely insight from, from the German that we've got to be patient because the future is the Lord's. And he will refresh us. We've got to be patient for those rains but he will send his spirit and he will refresh us. Back to Deuteronomy, it's there again, look, you see. If you do this and love and serve him with all your heart, just like Caleb, then I will send rain on your your land in its season, both the early and the latter rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. I've given you another picture with oil, yeah? Just to hold that fast in your mind. The oil of anointing for purpose, the wine of rejoicing. And that will make us useful in work and extending love to others. So that's really my journey as I was thinking about these things. Sorry I haven't managed to prepare a polished sermon for you, but simply join the dots between different biblical writers and tried with you to learn some things from there that will change us. I do want with you, I want to become more mature. And I think, not in the normal life, I want to be, uh, I don't want to grow up at all as far as being a proper adult is concerned, I want to be more mischievous, but as far as our Christian, Christian faith is concerned, I want to grow up and be mature. And sometimes we're slow learners, aren't we? And we, we read the text or occasionally we look at a text and we just allow it like water <laughs> off a duck's back and we don't allow the Spirit of God to, to drench us so that it's anchored in our lives, so that we grow up and are useful. So let's learn those things from Job. Learn what it is to show love and responsibility to other people. Learn to have absolute confidence in our Redeemer. Learn to listen for him. Learn to recognise that he's the one who gives us songs in the night. Learn to have absolute trust in him. Learn that being like Jesus means being concerned for social justice. And going to the poor and the blind and the lame and bringing healing to them. Not just in theory or just in praying on a Sunday morning, but in reality and truth. Let's learn along with Anna what it is really to surrender to him and submit to what he's saying. Because if we really do that, we we do need to toughen up but let's thank him at the same time that we have, we're have we surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, including Job, that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, uh, and that we will have the oil of anointing and the wine of great joy as we learn these things together. So I pray that the Spirit of God will drench our hearts and allow us to join those dots that he so graciously and wonderfully provides for us in his name.